This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the White Tail Lakes Podcast. We're all set up here down this creek bottom. Bean Buck's been in here a bunch of times, so good chance to see him on him. Meh. Smoking. I think he just crashed, bro. <laughs> Absolute money, dude. It's 76 degrees out. We just set up 80 yards from a buck and killed him at 18 yards. Here we are. We're set up on a, this scrape that's been absolute fire for the last eight days. We know a shooter went in here to bed this morning. Matt. Get it? That was at eight. That's at eight. Bucked out October 28th. Homies up for the rest of November. But absolute incredible season. Both kills on hanging hunts, right on the beds, and just making it making it happen. Welcome to the White Tail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, and it is a new year. It is 2023, the first episode of the 2023 podcast game, and I'm already lining out the details for the year. Um, first, I'm going to give back to some people um, that have became friends with this year and have them on. Uh, then I'm going to get back into the going back to the basics series, which I'm already recording those podcasts, and I'm really enjoying the way these are going out, and this is going to be a really beneficial series um, for this off season. Keep your mind in the game, and maybe you'll learn some new stuff and be able to prepare better for next year. Um, today's episode, we're talking with Tony from 330 Archery. We're talking about bow maintenance bow string maintenance, some stuff you can do that I didn't even know about um, to make your bow strings last longer, to help make your bow last longer. Um, and then we also get into some 
off the wall topics, um, our opinion on stuff, and uh, kind of go go through just a a BS session there. Um, but the main the main focus of this is uh, you know if you what the what the benefit of getting a custom string is, and then some bow maintenance things you can do throughout the year to help your strings last longer and your bow last longer. Let's get the people that make this possible get into the show. Starting off this year, just coming at you with the Exodus Outdoor Gear, guys. Um, if you guys are in the market looking for um, a new cell cam, hold out. If you're looking to stock up for next year, hold out. Exodus has got one on the on coming out very, very soon. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Definitely going to get a few of these in the arsenal. Um, the Rival, and that's kind of a hint of what it might be. Um, but they're also coming out with another SD card cam um, in the next few months, and they're bringing out some more arrow options as well, some micro-diameter arrows. So make sure and sign up for their newsletter. Check out their website. Get the intel of this new stuff coming out. Um, if, you, if you're on social, follow their Instagram. That's where you're going to get the, the newsletter be first, then it'll be Instagram, and then it'll be website. So if you want to get the news first, make sure and follow that. Also, Afflicted Broadheads. Um, if you guys are running low on broadheads, looking for the deal, um, this is when the broadheads go on sale here. Um, they're coming out with their new stuff. Um, I'm still going to shoot that K2 fix going into next year. I'm going to shoot it at turkeys. And uh, anything else I can get close to um, if I get any hunts lined up. Not exactly sure what my spring is going to look like, but definitely will be turkey hunting. So might jot down to Missouri for a turkey hunt. Not exactly sure on that yet, but if you're in the market for broadheads, check out afflictorbroadheads.com. All right, guys, let's get into this episode with Tony. Learn a little bit more about bowstrings. All right, guys, well, I got Tony from 330 on. How you doing tonight, brother? Doing great, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. A kind of a a different setup for a podcast for me in my area that I got going on right now, but I'm making it happen. I said I was going to be here. We're going to make it happen no matter what uh, um, the good Lord throws at us with the snowstorm we got going Amen. on. Man, it's it's cold out there, but uh, I wanted to have you on this time of year um, because I feel like this is when, like we mentioned, not the best time for people to do what you know your business does, but it's when a lot of people start thinking about it. Um, sure. So I wanted to get it out there on the airwaves. Uh, also wanted to have you on um, towards the end of the year here. Just give you a big thank you um, for you know uh, helping out the podcast this year and and running some ads. Greatly appreciate that. Um, anything to help cover the cost and put a little. Um, I'm actually I'm I'm really proud to say this, and I haven't been able to to say that I haven't said this on the pod, podcast yet. I'm going to take my family on a vacation this year on the podcast. Look at you. Yeah, so. Good for you. Where are you uh, going? Uh, I think we're going to go Great Lakes um, for about four days um, nice. on the beach, rent a house. I'm going to try to That's keep it about, about that that twelve to 1,400 range. That's what I'm comfortable sure. <laughs> with doing. Um, but yeah. it's really cool. I told my wife, I said, hey, um, this year um, podcast is going to pay for a vacation. And, and she's been watch, you know, watching me do this for five-plus years um, with pretty much nothing in return. So it was really cool. I said, hey, I'm going to take you and the family. You know, we're going to do a full vacation. And, uh, 
it might not pay for all of it, but it will definitely pay for a substantial amount of it. And she thought that was really sure. cool and actually seen some of the value of me going out to my garage <laughs> so many times during the week to, to yep. do this stuff. But you know, um, what's crazy. How, how, how much easier is it, is it for you to do what you're passionate about and do what you love when you have a spouse at home that supports you? Oh yeah. That's huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you, if uh, if my wife if this was like a a pain in the ass for her to let me do this, um, it would be very very hard to get it done every week. Cause it for some reason it seems like, man, I got to record a podcast and like there's like seventy three other things that need to be done the same <laughs> night that I'm gonna oh. record this. Like we planned oh, this the day before, and she's like, well, she's like, is there any way you can move it? Cause I gotta go. I need to finish my Christmas shop. I'm like, what? Well, it's like four days from Christmas. Like you, you're, yeah, I know how much you've spent already. You should have been done a long time yeah. ago. You know, well, I need to get like two more things, you know, and really seal the deal. Um, I think we needed some tractors. I think that's what she went to get. Um, tractors uh, ended up, she got home at like 1045 last night. <laughs> she was ooh, like, well, Cole, Coles was open till midnight. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? so much for two things. huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's with her uh, her mom, my mother-in-law. Awesome lady. Oh, nice. Loves to shop. Loves to shop. So um, the crazy thing about her and my wife, though, they love to shop, but they don't ever buy anything for themselves. It's always they're shopping to buy something for someone else. It's crazy. Yeah, that's the, that's um, the, that's the character inside them, though, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're always they so much better. They yeah. love what it's like when somebody else gets excited about mm-hmm. what they get, you know? Yeah, so I can't say much. They're, they're not out there buying coach purses or something they're out there buying something for the kids or something for grandpa yeah. or they got a blanket for grandma and you know printing off christmas awesome. cards and stuff so um but enough about what i got going on go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners and uh, we'll get into this sure sure so uh my name is tony sangelosi i am uh the owner of 330 archery and i'm uh, i'm from youngstown ohio born and raised in uh, northeast ohio i actually uh bought a house a uh, quarter mile where I grew up. Um, Love sports, man. Grew up playing baseball my whole life, and until uh, I met my wife, and then got married. We have two kids. Uh, I work in the uh, tire industry actually um, for a nine to five job, and you know, kind of like everybody else, right? You you fall in love with something, you you develop a passion, which was hunting, and this this bowstring company was never even a thought. Um, I love deer. I love archery uh, in general. And it was on a whim that this even even came about, man. I, I called to order my strings. And uh, the guy I was talking to said, hey, uh, it's probably going to be the last order. I'm, I'm looking to get out of the business. You should buy it. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Um, I don't really know about strings too much, but I'm a tinker, you know. I love building arrows. I work on everybody's bows. I um, there's always a, a guy in the group, right, of hunters that, like, can fix their bows, right? I was always that person. So uh, came home and talked to my wife, and I said, uh, you know, hey, what do you think about uh, what do you think about doing this? And, you know, just as I had spoke on your wife, you know, mine's always been super supportive on anything that I've wanted to do. And uh, I told her the price, which was, uh, you know, it's not just pocket change, you know? And, uh she said, let's do it. And I said, what? She said, let's do it. I said, oh, okay. And, uh, I was, I was 
expecting her to say like, nah, you're crazy. Like, you know, we already have so much going on because I teach uh, martial arts during the week. Plus we have, you know, one daughter and and freshman year of college, the other one's a sophomore. So we're, we're very busy. Um, but she said, let's do it. Like you, you're, you're passionate about this. I'm, I'm sold on it. You know, we don't have to go take out a loan. Uh, let's do it. So, and we did it and it's, it's been such a blessing, man. You, the, my favorite part, it's not just the business end of it, you know, because that's fun. Too. I love building strings, but my favorite part of this whole thing is the people that I get to meet. You know, the guys that get to come over to my house and talk hunting, uh, trading uh, trail cam pictures, uh, you know, hearing from them when they finally put their first deer down or their first buck with my strings. That is the most rewarding thing to me. Uh, that I, I, I never, I never really thought about that part of it. I thought about, Hey, I just want to do something with the passion of mine, but man, it, it, it's so nice to just know that I have just a little piece, um, in their memory that they'll remember the rest of their lives. Yeah. That's something that I didn't really think about as well. When I, you know, you start a brand. Um, I think it's like, people are okay with reaching out with you because you are a brand, you know, you you kind of open the door um, for that community to start. Um, And something like when you said you don't really realize, but if you're just some random guy from Ohio, someone's not going to message you and really talk to you. But if you're, you know, Tony that owns this bowstring company, um, then it kind of opens up the door where they have kind of an opening topic to talk to you about and start that relationship. And then it just grows from there. Um, this, like I said, the amount of people that I know personally or talk to weekly, um, is just insane because of the podcast. And the only reason I have social media at this point is because of the podcast and these people that I've met, um, and just get to keep up on that. A good buddy of mine named Thor from Georgia, messaged me today and said, Hey, about to go see my, you know, he's having his first kid about to go see the kid on the sonogram for the first time. Like, and I tell him, I'm like, dude, it's, it's an awesome, that's an awesome experience, you know, make sure and soak it in and enjoy it. And you wouldn't get that text message if you, if I didn't have that podcast, you know, you wouldn't get that, that being able to just tell him that say, Hey, just enjoy this moment. It seems really small, but it's, it's really cool once you think about it, you know, afterwards. Um, so yep, you're a hundred percent right. Opens up a and, lot and of a doors. Lot of, it, it really does. And, you know, I've got to meet some really, really cool people. Um, people that I've looked up to, you know, that, uh, you know, I have a great relationship now and, you know, some of the, you know, the business transactions we'll call them have turned into emotional transactions almost now because you're friends with these people. Right. You know, I catch myself just like you said, you know, talking to people throughout the day or planning hunts in the future. And man, this, this community, when it's, when you find the solid people within this community, it's, it's badass, man. It really is. And the reason why I say that, and it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or a police officer, if you work on the railroad, if you are a teacher, you're always going to have that person, right? That's going to make a stupid decision and is going to make everybody else look bad. And now that is the perception of that demographic, right? And, uh, you know, uh, I heard a quote on a podcast before we are, awarded and we we are we are the reason we are allowed to hunt is because of the people who don't hunt because the people who don't hunt outweigh the hunters right so you know it's important that more than ever that we stay ethical that we make the right decision that we don't say oh well 
I shot a small buck, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, tag another bigger buck under my wife's name. You know, it's important that we don't make decisions like this. So we continue to, you know, uh, uh, so hunters are known in the, in the right way, you know? Yeah, I agree. There's always someone that kind of ruins it or gets <laughs> on a, on a soapbox. There's nothing wrong with getting on a soapbox as long as it's the right soapbox, you know, you, Amen. you uh, yeah. not trying to put people, you know, don't get yeah. on a soapbox of putting people down. And, uh, I think yep. there for a while in the industry, there was, uh, there was a lot of, I'm going to be the next great big hunter. I'm going to have the, um, the best brand. And I think a sure. lot of those guys have tried it and failed. And now it's kind yep. of slowly going back to most of the people in it are solid, but there was a stretch there, man. It was, it was pretty rough. There was a lot of, uh, yeah. and it was kind of during my eye opening stages of having something in the industry and people, sure. Oh, they want to work with you, but they want to work with you. Um, for not, they want to be associated with you, but they don't want to be associated with you other than you using their stuff with nothing. Yep. It's not even good stuff. It's not even like yep. you enjoy this stuff. They just, Hey, just use this stuff, you know? And you're yep. like, what? You just get like, I've had boxes of, uh, just like scent killer spray. I'm not going to name the brand. Just show up at, on my, at, <laughs> at my address. I'm like, yeah. And they're like wanting me to post a, make a post or share something about, um, this sure. and I'm just like I, I don't use this stuff. Like I'm not right. gonna, not gonna say, oh yeah, this is this is it, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely. I think maybe it was just my eye opening stage that it seemed sure. bad, and now I can weed them out right away. <laughs> like I, I can see yep, through the absolutely. bullshit. So another thing that I think that is really important on that kind of on this topic is, you know, the only way that we combat the bad when it comes to um, the reputation of hunters, right? If there is somebody who, who makes a mistake and it's on film and for some reason it gets uploaded and Peter, or one of these other organizations get a hold of it. The only way that we combat that is to continue to produce content in the proper way that will get drowned out. If people can continually see that this community is good and this community, um, spent a ton of money for conservation and this these these hunters are about getting new hunters in the woods and creating memories and they're not just a bunch of killers the more content positive wise that we can put out there the more that we're going to combat that you know it's we're never going to get away from it but man is isn't you know with social media being like it is now it is so important i don't care if you're a uh it's your first hunt and you have no followers yet man, put some good content out there. Um, you know, and it's not that you have to be the next brewery or, you know, somebody like that, but as much good content as we can put out there, uh, I think we're going to be, you know, even in better shape in the future when it comes to hunting. I 100% agree. And uh, like you said, even if you don't have a lot of followers, sometimes affecting one person, you infect man. 10 people because you, they tell your friends, then they decide to make better decisions or they decide to hunt more ethically or do the right thing. That's, that's my thing. I, it's kind of a 100%. vague way of saying a whole bunch of stuff without drawing stuff out. Um, and that's why I kind of picked that slogan. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do the right thing, but it's always the right thing. Yep. So yep. even if you have, that's why I've always been big on like, Hey, you got a podcast or something and you got a YouTube page. You want some, you know, you want any, 
info on what I did or where I'm at, just ask, yeah. just ask me, dude, because I'm here to help. I've never wanted to been one of those yeah. guys. It's like, oh, there's too many podcasters. Or there's too many. I worked hard for this, so I'm not going to tell you. Um, the only thing I do kind of hold back on is I don't like to drag companies through the mud. And I've worked with some companies in the industry, and I know the sure. people that work for them. I know I've been with them, like, not in hours, like, after-hour stuff. Um, yep. Seeing the way they talk to, like, their pro staff and stuff. And yep. it's just not, it's just not, not right. Not the right way to go. And then I've seen companies that have it and, um, they have, you know, a pro staff or a staff and it's, it, it's, they're just like a big family and it makes the company better. It makes the people that are associated with the company better. Um, yep. and that's, that's, that's the way to do to it. Yeah. That's, that's the way it's supposed to be. But so, you know, you said you, you weren't, you weren't supposed to be in, um, you know, the string company kind of come out of shock, but it's something that you're already passionate about. Um, so you've been, you know, you've been doing it for a while now. So what, what's some of the biggest things that you think you've learned over the, the time that you've been doing it? Um, I think that, uh, the biggest thing that I've learned, um, is when it comes to custom bowstrings, that there is a big difference than the strings that come off a bow from the factory. And it's pure, it's purely defined as this it's not the same material now in some cases there are some bows um, that use that same material but the benefit where you come into a custom string is this and i'm just going to kind of go over a couple of them if you don't mind but obviously material versus material right anything that you build it doesn't matter if it's a man-made uh string or you know some of these bigger you know uh, bow companies they're all built on machines now right so it's better material versus less, less quality of material, right? Um, the performance, you know, when you have a less quality material, your bow will not be as efficient as it needs to be. And it will not hold time as long as it should. Uh, the customer service end, the whole reason why I even got into, why I even thought about this besides that coming, um, to me is when my wife and I were talking about this, I happened to, um, uh, have an issue, uh, in the past that I thought about with a string and I bought the string and I, I'll never throw the company under the bus cause that's not who I am. And I actually have a relationship with them now. So, uh, no reason for that. However, um, I ordered a set of strings, got them put on my bow. Um, I had an, a terrible amount of peak twist and I am even at a restaurant. I'm not that like griper. Normally I'll just deal with it because I know that people are busy. I know that People try as hard as they can to do the best they can at whatever they do in most cases. Um, but this was something that even putting twists uh, in my string would not straighten out. So got a hold of the company and I said, hey, you know, I've been running your strings for a very long time. This is the first time I've ever had a problem with them, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it took this correspondence. It took probably two weeks to finally get to somebody. And then after I got to somebody they told me that it was a four week wait on getting my strength. And for me, I've already spent the money with you. There was a defect in the product. I should jump in front of the line. In my opinion, um, I know that they're backed up on orders, but that's been the biggest benefit is, you know, I, I am or one of the biggest things that I've noticed, you know, I'm a human, I'm going to make errors from time to time. But when that phone rings, you're going to get me right away. You talk to me every single time that you call, 
uh, it's me or my wife. And every single message I respond to, it's me. You're not going to be able to message some of the bow companies and say, hey, there's an issue with my string. Can I talk to the builder? First of all, in most cases, it's going to be a machine. Other than that, you're not going to, you're not going to get that level of quality service. Um, past that, um, what a lot of people don't realize is knock fit is so important. There is, your bow can be in perfect time. Both cams are turning over at the same time. Your arrow is built with absolute precision. And then you slam that knock on a tight center serving. And that arrow doesn't want to come off there. And you shoot that sucker, you're going to get inconsistencies to the fullest extent. So being able to call me and say, hey, I'm running a 166 arrow with a blah, blah, blah knock. Cool. I already know what to build your center serving at. Right. So that takes that, that takes that right out of there, uh, which goes into your accuracy. Right. And then turnaround time and customization. I mean, we're, we, we, I make sure that as many orders as I have that come in throughout the week, I don't care how late I have to stay up. These strings are going to be shipped within the week. Um, and then the customization that comes with it. Right. So whether you want a twist, whether you want dual color, single color, um, et cetera. So, I know that was a lot, but those are the things that I've, I've really discovered, uh, that, uh, I really, really like, and that are super important. Yeah, that was good, man. I, I, uh, I actually learned about that knock fit from the Exodus podcast, um, when they were yeah. going over, um, it's something that you don't really think about, um, no. until you learn, you know, from a guy like you. Um, so if a guy's trying to have, you know, the best shooting bow and he's, got all this money he's you know he bought these arrows you know that he's trying to get the best shooting and then like you said he has a an improper knock fit or um you know he has a a factory string that's you know twisting the peep i had that happen to me a little bit this year where my peep was twisting it is it's annoying you know you're it's it don't do it every time but you're like man when i when this happens it's gonna be when i draw back on a a nice buck you know and it's gonna be in that moment and yeah you're gonna have to alter the way you shoot to 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 get to the peep, but, um, Dude, that happened to me one time too. Um, I was dealing with it and I settled for it. I knew it was happening and I'm just like, Oh, whatever. So normally I would like, I would knock my, or excuse me, I would knock my arrow. I'd put my release on the bow and I would put some tension on it and, and only hold it with the, the hand of my releases on and then take my other hand and twist it. Right. And now it's, it's good, but I forgot to do that. And I drew back on a deer one time and, thing was turned sideways i had to let down well i mean it was it was a doe and I, I i did kill her but it was super annoying i had to let down twist it back the other way draw again and it was over bait so she was really just concerned about eating but had that been a, a buck and it was you know early season or whatever and there was no you know there was no food there and he was just you know just browsing or cruising by i wouldn't have got another shot on that ever yeah for sure Definitely something that people, you know, don't think about happening. And I've noticed when, you know, you get a new bow, it seems like that second, third year is when you really start to have some some problems with that string. It starts to twist. Yeah. It starts to it draw length might feel a little different, you know, a little longer than yep. it did before. Um, so can I, I, can I interrupt? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So here's what I want to tell everybody when it comes to first, second, third year with the bow. So some people get bows every single year. Some bow, some people keep bows for five, six, seven, eight years. 
I have a, I probably have eight bows in my basement that are probably from the nineties um, that eventually we're going to end up rebuilding. We're going to gift and kind of go from there, but here's, and, and other string companies may agree. Other string companies may disagree. I recommend that you change your string every single year. And here's why. Not because that they're going to fray or fuzz or anything like that. You got to remember that our bows are at a constant tension 100% of the time. No matter what material is built in, like the 452X is 67%, Dyneema 33%, uh, Vectran and uh, you know, some of this material is, you know, it's stronger than steel cable, right? But anything, any high performance vehicle that you have, right? And you keep it for a long time, you change the oil, right? It's maintenance. They call maintenance or they call scheduled maintenance, scheduled maintenance, because if you don't do it, it schedules itself, right? So there is no way that you're going to, that you should, in my opinion, have a $2,000 bow that you're not maintaining, right? You're not storing the right way. You're not upkeep. Um, look at it as your tune-up, right? Before you take your car out of the garage over winter and into the spring. So this isn't, I'm not saying this because I want you to buy strings from me or you want, I want to sell you more strings. And if you go somewhere else, you go somewhere else. That's okay too. But that is a very high performance piece of equipment you have. It is important that you have the best material on there at all times yeah yeah i always look at those uh <clears throat> those new like the crossbows that the the cams are like oh, eight oh inches God. apart i'm like the yeah. amount of pressure that's on those strings mm. are like scary it's just insane to me <laughs> like i look at that thing and i'm like especially the the ones that go backwards the ones that the reverse back, like yeah, the those things trip me out those things trip me out dude i'm like i don't even know because you're putting reverse Dude, two types of tension. Yeah. Per second. You're putting two different types of tension on the same string at the same time. I'm just like, I don't understand how these things are holding. But uh, yeah, that's Controver I, have a, yeah. I have a controversial question for you. Yeah. Do you, and this may cause some, some riffraff when you get some comments about this. Oh, that's all right. And I'm, just remember that I'm just asking the question. I don't necessarily believe or not believe in this, but being that how what high performance crossbows are out there right now, right? There are scopes that automatically can judge your distance for you. There are crossbows that can shoot over a hundred yards accurately. Do you feel that crossbows should be in gun season or have their own season? Or do you feel that the crossbows still belong to be in the archery season, even though they're not shooting just 200, you know, 300 350 400 foot per second now these things are up these are five thousand dollar crossbows that people offer now that shoot very very fast so i have a probably a longer answer than what you're gonna think um no, I love I've, it. I've almost thought about doing a podcast about this a couple times because i kind of have a different opinion than a lot of people do on the whole crossbow debate now do i think that they should be entitled and for the full length of the bow season the answer, the short answer is no, but let me tell you some reasons why I'm I'm okay with them being there. Um, when Illinois first introduced the crossbow, I can't remember what year it was. It was, um, don't don't quote me on this. I want to say it's 2014 ish um, that they said, hey, okay, part of crossbow we're gonna let you use, or part of bow season we're gonna let you use crossbow. 
And I believe it was after Thanksgiving weekend you could utilize a crossbow for the rest of archery season. And I'm thinking, okay, that's cool, you know. It's still a long season for them. Um, It's another option um, to get more people into hunting. And um, it's later in the year where, you know, less people are going to be hunting anyways, so it's not going to make a giant impact. Um, Then they opened it up full-length year. And I thought it was going to make a drastic impact on um, the amount of deer killed um, during archery season, and you know, for the total year. And this is what I've seen happen after the multiple years of this being. So, gun season around here used to be every single day. If you hunted, you were gun hunting, and you were gun hunting all day, and you were killing something. Now. Since most, a lot of those gun hunters have got a crossbow, the gun season is softer. The gun hunters are shooting bigger deer because they've already probably killed a deer with a crossbow. Mm. Um, They feel like they have more time than just that gun season. So I don't believe that the crossbow should be entitled to a full season, but I don't think they've made as drastic of an impact as people think because the, I like, I'll drive around gun season. And there's just nobody gun hunting. Like, compared to what it was five, six, seven, eight years ago, <clears throat> half, probably half of this, the amount of trucks and people and just the orange that I see out in the woods. Yeah. Um, and it seems like, I mean, this year the gun numbers were a little higher because we had incredible weather, like sure. it, insane weather. Um, but the Amen. gun the gun numbers haven't been as high as they've been back before the crossbows were legal. So I feel like people are kind of like, ah, you know, I still got all season with the crossbow. I don't need to kill something with a gun. Um, sure. And they don't want to make that step to the bow hunter. So I think it's made a, it's made an impact, but the impact's been stretched out and softened a little bit of gun season. Um, so that's Thanks the long much. answer. I don't believe that they should have the whole entire bow season. I don't believe that they're actually an archery equipment per se. Um but I don't think it's made a giant as big as an impact as people thought it was going to be. Because when, when they were made legal, man, the uh, the uproar, even from just the people that I knew, were insane. And now some of the people that were complaining about them are using crossbows. Yeah. So um, I'm reading an article right now. It said uh, this is Illinois' 2017 hunting rule change. Illinois law previously allowed the use of crossbows for archery hunting only by persons 62 or older and those with disabilities uh, who qualify. And then it cuts out, dang it. And then qualify, where's it at? Uh, 62 of age who qualified for a crossbow permit issued by the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. In addition, the previous law allowed certain youth hunters to use crossbows and only, or excuse me, and allowed all archery hunters to use crossbows beginning the Monday after the second firearm season. Yeah. So right, yeah, that's that after Thanksgiving. Yep. Yep. So that was two. That was the previous law. Twenty seventeen. Yep. Twenty seventeen. So yeah. So I was I was a few years off there, but yep. that used to be. Oh, no, you were right on. Yeah, that used to be the law there, and uh, I like that. Like, I hunted a lot of public land back then because I didn't have didn't really know anybody. And I really sure. didn't see an uptick of people, but it was kind of like uh, an oddity. Like, oh, you can only use it, you know, 
um, at the end of the year, and it, it didn't really make a big enough effect. Um, the, I think the big problem with Illinois and the DNR's way of understanding stuff is supposedly they look at traffic collisions per deer number, and you know that's how many tags you're going to give out. That's because they that they opened the you know the the single shot uh, rifle certain cartridges cartridges for for next year. Um, so they're they're always trying to open up something to get more people engaged and get them hunting. But where a lot of these collisions are happening is areas where there's not a lot of hunters, but there's a lot of deer. Suburban areas, places right. you can't hunt. Um, like for example, like the Quad City area. Um, they give out tags, but there is just an astronomical amount of deer, like insane amounts of deer. Um, we have a property, an urban property that I hunt close to my place. Um, you have to own a lot or own property there to hunt, and there's only certain lots you can hunt, and it's it's nothing in October to go set out there and see 18 to 25 does. Like, I mean, it's just there's just so many deer. You have yeah. to kill a doe before you can kill a buck. You can only kill one buck a year. There's a lot of rules, but that's where these accident a lot of these accidents are happening, where you got this really high deer density area and not a lot of hunters, um, sure. and then you got these rural areas where the hunters are, you know, and the deer population population is lower um, because there's more hunters there, um, and then yep. there's less car collisions. So it's this is a re- revolving door of a hard way to get it correct because there's so many variables in, yep. in, in their job, you know, but I will say this, um, I'm from Illinois and it is the, not to offend any game warden or anybody in, in that industry that listens to this, but it is the junkest place I've ever been for, for anything categorized in that. Like my County hasn't had a game warden for, for a couple years, like the whole entire County, you know, That's wild. Yeah. And like, say, Say you see someone on the lake and man, they got a stringer, a thirty-five crappie, and you call it in. Well, what, what, what's a guy got to do? Come from Springfield up here to to pop this guy? Like there's, and people know it, so they're like, they're they're stretch the Send rules it. a little bit, you know, because um, yep. they're like, well, there's not even one in the county. I've hunted, sure, I've hunted public land for oodles and gobbles of years, multiple different ones. Dove hunting, coon hunting, coyote hunting, turkey hunting, deer hunting. I've been stopped twice that I could remember since I've lived in Illinois. And once was dove hunting, and the other one was deer hunting late season, and the guy drove his field into the field, the cornfield that I was sitting over. Drove his truck all the way out there. What? Yeah. Two hours before sunset, I'm out there hunting, and he drove his truck out oh to that field goodness. and checked my tags. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i was just following your snow per- your footprints in the snow and um i, I didn't dri- want to walk anymore <laughs> well, I, I was driving out here you know i was just following your footprints and i'm like in the stand like who yeah. the hell is driving yeah. out here about ready to rip somebody's ass you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's a oh, gay board i'm like oh okay cool like I'm sure you sure you saw a lot of deer the rest no, of the No, yeah, I didn't see it. Couldn't have waited till you got out? Yeah, no, I didn't have time for that. He's probably wanting to get home because he lived an hour and a half away, you know. But like, yeah, like I said, they, they just – and then you go to Missouri and um, you see them all over the place. 
and then they have the CWD check-in station. You go there, there's like 15, 20 people working that that all work for, you know, the conservation department per county. That's so cool. That's per crazy. area, you know, you go to you go to check your deer in for CWD, and there's 15, 20 people working that. They got eight different stations and you're in and out of there in 20 minutes like if illinois did that it would take seven hours like you'd you'd be yeah. it'd be a tragic it's just not not good but yep. we, yeah we kind of went on a tangent there <laughs> but we yeah did. illinois and- illinois finally redid their website though so that used to have basically have the dial-up internet website of the the conservation department for the illinois it was terrible you couldn't buy any license online Nothing. <laughs> I'm like, like, you guys need to get your shit together over here. <laughs> yeah, tighten up. They finally got that. Tighten up. I got one more question to ask you. Yeah. I hate to take over the podcast. Oh, no. What's it can up? be yeah. just a quick yes or no. Yeah. What are your thoughts on states that have that are more than a one buck state? I like it, to be honest with you. You do? I, Why? The only thing I don't – one thing I think they should change is – a one buck rule for out of staters, um, or I think that. So would the help. only here, here's here's my only thought behind that is somebody can easily take a a spike or a fork, right? Oh, I'll, I still got one more buck tag left, mm-hmm. right? And now they now they save it, right? Where at least if you're gonna have more than a one buck tag, at least have a time limit. Yeah, like, got to be a six or above, or yeah. Yeah, outside I could whatever. See, I can see that happen. I just live, like Ohio's a one Ohio's a one buck state, and it's one of the reasons why people love to come to Ohio. There's big deer here. There's yeah. a ton of ag here. It's a one buck state. You live here, or you don't. And you know, I just I was curious your thoughts. Yeah, I I know Iowa's a one buck state, but it's actually not a one buck state, which is weird. Like you could, if you're a landowner, you could shoot three bucks. Like there's a lot of rules that are weird. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but uh, I I don't mind the two bucks just because I utilize it a lot. You know, yeah. a lot of seasons I shoot a buck and then I'm after I shoot a good buck and then I'm now I'm after like a monster. Great one. Um, yeah. If but that, if that was happened all the yeah, time, that, that happened. Great. That happened with everybody. But there is a lot of younger class deer that get shot because of the two buck rule. Um, they're like, sure. well, I got two buck tags. I'll shoot a one, get some meat in the freezer, and then I'll hold out for something decent. Um, yeah. What a lot of people do around here is the farm tag game is ridiculous. Like the or farm, the for farm, nuisance tags. No, just like you can get the farm tags in Illinois for a landowner. Um, like a lot of these farmers, they own thousands of acres, you know. So okay. they'll get they'll get twenty tags. <laughs> you know. And they then what still, do they do? They sell them. Well, they a lot of a lot of times people are using that tag that's not the landowner. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, okay. So, so you could a farmer can say, "Here, you can have one of my tags for yeah, but see, that's not legal. Yeah, whatever. that's not legal. Well, I'm here. sure it's not so, legal, but I'm sure but, that's happening. Yeah, right? oh, I'm sure it's happening for sure. But that's that is an issue that I see. Um, I, I I understand you own land. That's badass. You could kill yeah. your deer, but I mean, how getting that many tags? That's kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you, you they could still only kill two bucks, but. A lot of them, sure. a lot of them, well, they they get two buck tags. Their wife gets two buck tags, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> they're it. threading the needle a little bit over there. Um, sure. 
But uh, getting back into the the bowstring, this is sorry, the, man. Oh no, this is good. I love the I love these kind of podcasts where we just tangent and uh, rip, and so do the so do the listeners. They they love that too because now now they're all thinking what their answers are and whether I'm wrong or right. Yep. They're like they're either like screw this guy. That's why I asked you. Or, that's why yeah. I asked you the question. They're either like screw this guy or they're like yes, that's a good point. <laughs> they're on two 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 sides of the spectrum right there. But they're gonna be rolling in. I'm yeah. sure. Um, but getting to uh, getting back to the bowstrings, this is the time of year where a lot of people, you know, they're hanging up their bow or they're getting dang close to hanging up their bow towards the end of the season, and they're probably looking um, at a new string. Um, and what what is just some of the the stuff that they should really look for um, if they're going to purchase a string, whether it be from you or from someone else? What what are the key things to know that you're getting into a quality a quality string? Yeah. So some of this, well, I'll, we'll talk about. If you don't mind, after this, I want to talk about kind of a little bit about bowstring maintenance, right? Yeah. Because I think that's important, especially if you're not a long, long, uh, you don't shoot all year round like we all should. Um, but material is going to be key. Um, there are so many different materials out there now. Um, BCY has been the the staple of of, uh, of fiber for as long as I've been around shooting um what we use is like i said it's 452x it's what every bowstring is compared to so you know there are claims there are some better than it there are claims that you know it is the best um i think it's preference uh for some but there's also facts for another the other piece to that is make sure that you can talk to whoever you're going to buy the strings from um don't just buy the strings uh make this is a this is fiber that is going to go on a huge investment of yours um ask questions um you know if if somebody's not responding to you uh that's a red flag um regardless if they're big and they have a customer service department or they're a mom and pop shop like myself who will pick up the phone every time that you you call but ask as many questions as you can and if you don't know what you're doing that's okay too you've never ordered a set of strings before just call I, I guarantee you, I'll t- we'll end up talking on the phone for 30 minutes uh, about everything else, and then we'll get to the end about um, the strings. And then, you know, ask about turnaround time. Ask about um, how to maintain them. Um, again, our bow is under an extreme amount of tension at all time, and I, I think that um, people always get wrapped up in the arrows, the sight, the rest, the release, the broadhead, the fletchings, the wraps, and we don't talk about the thing that makes this move right so um hopefully those are uh those are some tips that uh people can take to the bank you know all right that's good and uh go ahead and get like you said you wanted to touch on the maintenance some um, that's something that i think everybody should should need to know because i'm probably doing it wrong and i've been hunting yeah. for a long time so I'm, I'm interested to hear this yeah so uh first i think that the most important thing that you can do for your bow is inspect it um, and I'm not saying that you have to grab a magnifying glass, but if you hear some noise, there's something going on. Um, I think that before you put it away, it's really important that one, um, if you can put it in a, um, if you can just throw it in your basement in a case, instead of leaving it in your garage, getting hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, um, do that first, but look for the, str- look over the string, look over the cable, see if you have any, um, any cuts or abnormal wear, see if you have any fraying. And then, um, like I said before, uh, store it in a temperature controlled location. And that will not only help with your string, but that's going to help with 
all the other moving parts on your bow. Um, excuse me. Um, if you don't shoot a lot in the off season, uh, one of the big things that I do with my bows every year. Um, so most people will wax their string and that's, that's great. But to take it a step further is take the tension off of your string. If you have a press at home, if you have an archery shop near you, um, have them press the bow, then wax it. Not only will it keep your strands together, but it works that wax inside of your string bundle a lot better than if you just rub it on the outside, which is what basically I'm going to say 90 whatever percent of people that actually do, but press it, take the tension off. And, and, (laughs) and that was me for the longest time too. Yeah. Right. And then just the final piece is uh, again, you, you don't have to buy from me. It's okay. I, I won't get my feelings hurt. I hope you do, but we, we recommend that you replace them um, every year. Again, not just because um, it's bad, but just on the, because the strings are ready to be replaced, but more as the, as the maintenance piece to your bow um, that it's, you'll, you'll see your bow perform and continually perform at a very high level. If you keep good strings on them. Yeah. That's like I said, I, I probably need to, be better about keeping it in kind of a, a good environment in the off season. Cause like a lot of times it's, it's up, you know, in my studio, my garage and it gets hella cold out there and warm sure. in the summertime. Um, so I probably should find a new spot to, cause that's the main thing. Like we, we spend so much money on these bows. That's like a gigantic yes. investment. It's, it's so fun, man. These bows are two grand bare. Yeah. It's especially for like normal, normal guys. Like, I mean, that is just, yep insane amounts of uh money to invest and like you said it'd be nice to to let that investment last you know as long as possible even even if like okay in five years i'm gonna buy a new bow if you kept that thing nice and you're gonna get more money out of it when you sell it to buy your new bow you know so it's good to keep keep the investment as as nice as possible for that's something that i need to do and and I've never thought about relaxing the string, but it makes a lot of sense. Your your string's going to last a lot longer, not being under tension. And uh, like yep. I said, you'll be able to get because that you can't get wax inside that. That string's pulled so tight. Yep. I, it seems like it has less tension when it's at full draw than when it's. It you is. Know, you know? No, it definitely it definitely yeah. is. We're just we're just saying that before you put your wax on it, right? Yeah. Press it, relax the strings, put the wax on, and then it can then take it back to tension. Yeah. And then when you when you bring it in the house, you can find any room. Like I, I, because my business is in my basement, I have lack of room, but I have, um, some studs we'll call them that I just, I, I put a bow hanger in and there's my, there's where I hang my bow all year, you know? Yeah. And then throughout the year, um, we, I, I, man, I'm super passionate about this, but we owe this to the deer to not pull out our bow a week before the season yeah. and let her rip go shooting our bow is fun. Like go mm-hmm. find, you can find an indoor league. You can find a spring 3d league, um, or even grab some friends or whatever. And that's the time where you can tinker and, you know, find a setup that works for you. And, you know, I, I had somebody come over with a, um, uh, this was probably, uh, I want to say, maybe a week into the season and it was a dry fired bow. And, um, we started talking and he said, yeah, I said, I brought my bow out for the year. Right. And forgot to put an arrow in it and dry fired it. And luckily, (laughs) you know, the limbs were okay. We were able to save it. The string snapped. 
Um, we put a new string on and it was fine, but, um, my guy almost took this bow out to hunt it and it was a, it was like the season was here. So I just asked that you spend a little time with your bow, you know, again, it's, it's a great stress relief, man. You have to concentrate so much that for me, it helps me with things that are going on outside of, of my business, outside of work you know, our minds are constantly going, right? Life is as stressful as it's always been. It's a great way, good stress reliever to kind of just calm yourself down, get in the moment, sling some arrows out there, have some fun. Even if it's, even if it's a couple rounds a night of, you know, four arrows or something go out and shoot your bow. And then now you're not waiting till the last minute to figure out that something is wrong with my bow and, Oh, I'm going on a hunt tomorrow, by the way. Yeah. That's, that's never good. I'm, I'm big adamant on that is situational shots try to set up some situational shots yeah um, and just, i shoot out of the saddle all the time yeah just however you're going to be hunting try to set it up and sit situation okay i got a deer standing there perfect i got a deer walking i got a deer trotting moving your bow yep. all that definitely helps in the moment um but um before we wrap this up man where can the people find your product and when where can they find you if they got any questions they just want to talk some some bow bow set up yeah. bow strings with you yeah i appreciate that so you can um visit us on any social media at 330 archery and that is the number three the number three the letter o the letter h and then archery and where that comes from is uh, the area code for our phone numbers in this area is 330 which everybody says hey my number is 330 blah 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 so where we came up with that is my instagram handle for the longest time was 330 with a bow and you know that's kind of where the 330 archery came from but uh so besides all social media outlets at 330 archery our website is 330archery.com try to keep it simple uh you can message us directly on our website you can message us directly on facebook on instagram on tiktok on twitter wherever um you're gonna get me or my wife every single time so uh both of us have notifications on our phone you will for any company that you'll probably deal with, you're going to get the quickest response that you've probably ever seen. And we're going to continue to follow up and answer any questions that you have. All right, man. Well, like I said, I appreciate you coming on um, Absolutely. And, and supporting the podcast this year and uh, I'll be calling you soon. I'm going to get some, get some spring, some strings. Go baby. And, uh, you're probably going to show up hot pink. I'd be like, yeah, I want this, this, and this. You'd be like, all right, I got you. I got, I got you. you, bro. I got hot you, pink bro. twisted with <laughs> violet purple coming right at you. Hey, there's nothing wrong with pink, like, man. I'll like, tell you what. I built all pink strings on a solid black bow this year. It looked gnarly, man. That flow pink was so bright. It looked great. Nice. Yeah, I bet you did. I got I to gotta decide what I'm going to do, but I'll definitely be ordering some soon. And like I said, I appreciate you coming Look on. Look forward to it, brother. Absolutely. And thank you for everything that you do. We, uh, you know, we listen to you every single week and, uh, you know, you've, uh, you've came such a long way, not only as a hunter, but a podcaster, man. And we, we all enjoy listening to you. So thanks for, uh, letting me be a part of it. And, uh, if I don't get to talk to you for whatever reason, I hope, uh, the wife and the kids have a Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And, uh, we really look forward to see what you do in 23, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode chatting with Tony. Hopefully you learned something about 330 archery and about bowstrings and bow maintenance this off season. Um, if you guys are going to be around ATA and want to meet up, um, go ahead and shoot me a message. I've already had multiple people message me and ask if I'm going to be there. 
Shout out to the board again, bow hunting guys. Going to be hanging out with them most of the show, bebopping around with them, talking to a couple companies and enjoying the atmosphere and meet up with some good buddies. Um, but if you're going to be around and want to touch base, let me know. I'll be there. Send me a personal message um, anywhere. Um, like always, always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and Whitetail Legacy is out until we're coming in your ear holes next Wednesday, and we're going to be talking EHD.